Welcome back to Cancer Perspective. Thank you for joining us again. We are continuing to focus on cancer awareness. The month of April, we focus on testicular cancer, esophageal cancer, and head and neck cancer. Today, we'll talk about head and neck cancers and esophageal cancer, as they have a lot of similarities based on their tissues and their risks and how they affect our quality of life. Head and neck cancers begin in the head and the neck, not the brain, but all of the soft tissue that makes up our head and neck. All of the soft mucosal surfaces, including the sinuses, the nose or nasal cavity, salivary glands, even the muscles or nerves in the head and neck, does not include the bones or the brain. The most common, as we've talked about in the very beginning a long time ago, if you've been with me, the mucosal surfaces are usually squamous cells. So most commonly, they are squamous cell carcinomas in the head and the neck. In the oral cavity, this could be cancer of the lips, the tongue, the gums, the lining of the cheeks, the bottom and the top of the mouth. The hard palate is the bony part of the mouth that is included in this category. And even the gums. There are many reasons why dental health is very important to our overall health. There are studies about how important dental health is to our heart health. In oncology, the dentist remains a partner in looking for cancers. In a routine dental exam, the dentist will likely open up your mouth and stretch your cheeks and examine your gums and even lift up your tongue to very thoroughly look at the oral health. And oftentimes, a dentist can be one of the first people to identify that you may have a problem that could be cancer. It may have felt like a impacted tooth or a tooth infection that got you to the dentist, or you may have not noticed that you have a sore on your tongue that's not healing that could potentially be cancerous. In addition to the oral cavity, there's the back of the throat, the pharynx. The pharynx has three parts, the nasal pharynx, the upper part that starts from the nose to the back of the throat, the oral pharynx, that is the middle part that comes behind the tongue, and then the hypopharynx, that's the lower part of the pharynx, and that is below the tongue to the voice box. Then the voice box, or the larynx, also part of that whole passageway and includes the vocal cords. The epiglottis that covers the vocal cords helps prevent food from getting into our air passages. We don't suck it into our lungs. There's the sinus cavities and the nasal cavity, the salivary glands. That's what makes our saliva or our spit near the jawbone. The term head and neck cancers can encompass any of those areas if they develop disease. It's quite a bit, but they're all treated very, very similar. They're mostly squamous cell, so they get a similar treatment. 
And if cancer in any of these squamous cells of the head and neck are going to metastasize, it almost always does locally and in lymph nodes involving the head and neck. Head and neck cancers are oftentimes caused by injury. Injury could come from the use of tobacco, constant irritation in the squamous cells in that lining, irritated by either inhaling tobacco smoke, chewing on tobacco, or using smokeless tobacco or or snuff. Tobacco irritation can also come from secondhand smoke. Alcohol can also be an irritant. Particularly if alcohol is overly abused, it's a constant irritation to these very tender linings. People who use both tobacco and alcohol are at even higher risk for developing these cancers than people who use just one of those. The vast majority of head and neck cancers are caused by alcohol and tobacco. Another irritant is an infection. The most common type of virus that is implicated in head and neck cancers is the human papillomavirus, or HPV. If somebody is carrying the infection of HPV, you can see cancers of the tonsils, the base of the tongue. The most common cause of oral pharyngeal cancers, and remember that's the middle part of our head and neck oral cavity, is caused by chronic HPV infection. It appears that the cause of cancer formation is only in the oropharynx, which is interesting and the reasons are poorly understood. HPV-related cancers have been increasing in the United States while other cancers have been falling. We now have a vaccine that can protect us against HPV infections. We mentioned that when we talked about cervical cancer in January. This vaccine is usually given to younger people and hopefully will help bring the HPV infection rate down, therefore HPV-related cancers down. Other causes of head and neck cancers can be exposures to wood dust from work or hobbies, asbestos, Hopefully, people know where those asbestos risks are and are taking appropriate care with face masks. People working in construction or metal or textile or ceramics, logging, and some food industries have increased risk of the voice box. Formaldehyde is a risk factor for paranasal sinuses and nasal cavity cancers. If somebody has had previous radiation to their head or neck for any condition, can later develop head and neck cancer. Besides the HPV virus, there's also the Epstein-Barr virus, or EBV. That's also a risk factor for nasopharyngeal cancer and cancer of the salivary glands. Knowing your roots can be helpful Asian ancestry, particularly Chinese, appears to be a risk for nasopharyngeal cancer. And then there are some genetic disorders that put you at risk. There is a rare type of anemia called Fanconi anemia that can increase the risk of developing precancerous lesions inside the mouth. That usually happens early in life. 
So what are the symptoms of head and neck cancer? What can you see? Usually some sort of patch inside your mouth, a patch of white or a patch of red. The lining is irritated or swelling. And as I said before, it could cause you to seek a dentist because you have discomfort in that mouth. Pain when swallowing, that doesn't go away. Ringing in the ears or trouble hearing. Change in your voice, particularly having trouble speaking. If you feel like your sinuses or your navel cavity has something blocking it, something that you felt might have been an infection but didn't respond to antibiotics. Unusual bleeding, frequent headaches, and then feeling your lymph nodes are causing some congestion in your head. According to the National Institutes of Health, head and neck cancers account for about 4% of cancers in the United States. They are more common in men than they are in women, and they are more often diagnosed at people over 50. Head and neck cancers can be treated with just surgery, radiation, or chemotherapy, targeted therapy, or immunotherapy, all of the things that we have discussed in the past. Oftentimes, you will need a combination of these. Head and neck cancers that are being treated with surgery and radiation can cause some significant changes to how you can eat and drink. If you get radiation to the head and neck area, you can potentially shut down your saliva glands. Your saliva is extremely important in breaking down food and keeping your mouth and sinuses healthy. Our saliva contains a lot of good bacteria that goes after the bad bacteria in there. If we shut down the saliva glands, then we can potentially have an overgrowth of the bad bacteria. The good bacteria also are very important to the health of our teeth. People who have head and neck cancers and have treatment for them can potentially lose some of their teeth. Surgery can cause lymphedema. All of these things implicate how we can eat or drink. But the good news is that most of these head and neck cancers are survivable after going through a very tough regimen of treatment if needed. There is multiple ways for helping with recovery after a head and neck cancer treatment, including reconstructive surgeries, prosthesis, but most importantly, physical and speech therapy that helps you learn how to get appropriate nutrition, learn how to achieve the ultimate quality of life. And again, this is something that is more often possible than it isn't. I think of head and neck cancer treatment as extremely tough, but in my opinion, I have seen how it has been worth it over a very long survivability. The head and neck cancer awareness ribbon is maroon and white. Most often you see it as half white and half maroon. Wear your maroon and white in honor of our head and neck cancer survivors and those going through this tough diagnosis at this time. As far as esophageal, we mentioned all of the many parts of the head and neck that are related to the term head and neck cancers. 
Esophageal cancer is just about the esophagus. The esophagus is a tube that moves your food and liquid from the throat into the stomach. So it's under the parts of the airway that really made up head and neck cancers. The head and neck cancers stop at the lower part of the pharynx and then comes the esophagus. The tissues of the esophagus include muscle, connective tissue, and those mucous membranes that are part of the head and neck cancers as well. Because of those mucous membranes, the most common forms of esophageal cancer are squamous cell carcinoma. In addition to squamous cell, because of the lining underneath those mucous membranes, there is adeno, or the glandular cells, so adenocarcinoma. And similar to the head and neck cancers, heavy alcohol and smoking are very much implicated in cancers of the esophagus. Also, if you have ever been diagnosed with a condition called Barrett's esophagus, that's a lining in the lower part of the esophagus that has been irritated and replaced with abnormal cells, the most common cause of that irritation that changes those cells in the bottom of the esophagus is acid reflux or heartburn. If you suffer from heartburn, you may have had a test from your gastroenterologist or your GI team. The most common signs of esophageal cancer are the fact that you have lost weight because you're having difficulty either swallowing or the painful part of passing food and fluid into your stomach. If you have pain, it's usually behind your breastbone or your sternum. You can have a change in your voice, like a hoarseness or a cough. You may feel a lot of indigestion or heartburn, and you may even feel a lump. These cancers are often diagnosed, again, by the GI team using a barium swallow test. It means you swallow barium, and a x-ray type of machine will be able to see if there's any kind of passage irritation on that exam. A CT scan can see if there's lumps or lymph nodes that are lower down that we can't feel like we can feel on the head and neck. But most often, you will require an upper endoscopy or an EGD. That's when a tube is passed through your nose or windpipe down into your stomach. You may need a bronchoscopy, which goes into the bronchial parts of your lung to see if it has spread into your windpipe or bronchial tubes. Overall, if you remember, we've talked about early signs of cancer, Unintended weight loss is always a concerning sign. If you have lost weight and you did not mean to lose weight, there could be something going on in your body that needs to be checked out. Treatment for esophageal cancer includes the same treatments for the head and neck cancers. It can be surgery, radiation, chemotherapy, immunotherapy, and or targeted therapy. All of these have been known to be helpful. One common side effect of treatment for esophageal cancer can be the difficulty maintaining weight and nutrition, also nausea, because the interruption of the normal, healthy gut microbiome or 
the gut health that we've talked about in our Nutrition for Colorectal Cancer episode with Gina Rich. Just like we have good, healthy saliva that does a very good job of taking care of our good, healthy bacteria in our mouth, we have good, healthy bacteria in our gut that helps us keep well. And when that's off balance, we tend to have difficulty with our overall health and wellness and even a difficulty with recovery. So nausea can be a problem. Nutrition can be a problem. And that's why it takes a team approach to monitor, manage, and recover from all cancers. In an upcoming episode, we are excited that registered dietitian Gina Rich agreed to return and share her fabulous knowledge with this very important topic. We will focus on nutrition for people who have difficulties with eating, people who may need temporary or permanent feeding tubes, people who are having difficulty swallowing, people who have no sense of taste and smell and don't enjoy eating. I hope you will join us on that episode to learn more about this topic. With esophageal cancer, men are three times more likely than women to develop this cancer. As with head and neck cancers, the chances increase with age, although esophageal cancer tends to be slightly older than the head and neck cancers. White men develop esophageal cancer at higher rates than black men, and deaths from esophageal cancer are higher for white men compared to black men, while deaths are higher in black women than white women. For some reason in the United States, adenocarcinoma of the esophagus has increased in the past 20 years and now has become more common than squamous cell carcinoma of the esophagus. The risk factors for esophageal cancer are the same as head and neck, with smoking and alcohol being the number one cause. But as we talked about, gastric reflux is a problem that irritates the bottom part of the esophagus. So it's important to have your reflux diagnosed and treated appropriately. Anytime we use chemicals to protect from developing cancer, we call that chemoprevention. Some providers may prescribe anti-inflammatory drugs or aspirin to reduce swelling, pain, and irritation in the esophagus. You can use vitamins. That's also called chemoprevention. But most of all, getting the appropriate diagnosis of what's causing your reflux and how to treat it so it does not become a risk factor for cancer development in the future. The ribbon color for esophageal cancer, or esophagus cancer, is periwinkle. Periwinkle is a special color of blue that almost goes to lavender. Along with your maroon and white, don't forget to wear some periwinkle in the month of April to honor those who have had to battle or are currently battling esophageal cancer. I really appreciate your listening. Thank you for joining us. Remember to take care and spread kindness.